0: Hello everybody, happy Friday. Welcome back to an all new episode. Today's episode is a little different than what we're used to. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, love. (laughs) I wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive on this subject and unpack all things love, what it feels like falling in love, the pitfalls in love. The things that make us fall to fall in love: movies, music, and tell some love stories. And to do all those things, I have one of my favorite friends here. I got Dana Keithen. Oh my goodness! Speaking of love, I fucking love you, Katie I Maloney. Love Shorts. You. I wow! Love you.
1: Great start to the love conversation, but also like when love goes wrong. I feel like I have
0: so much perspective. <laughs> so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this. Me too. Okay, to start off. First of all, when we're young, young love, is there anything better than that? Is there anything better and worse? You see
1: 14 year olds that are like, I met my husband. And I'm like, bitch, you don't even know. That's not your husband. I
0: mean, there is something to say about throwing caution to the wind. Oh yeah. You're just blind. You don't know any better. You don't have to worry about anything. You can just lose yourself blindly in love you don't have to, you know, There, you don't know any better. You've never been hurt in that
1: way, which like love hurt is some of the worst hurt that's available on planet earth.
0: I mean, I've never been more love sick than when I was younger. Yeah,
1: COVID, no, love sick. That's the real fucking virus. That's the pandemic right there.
0: I mean, I was definitely like very fooled by love because probably because of the movies and TV shows I watched that I had definitely an idea of love that was probably very wrong and very off of how love should be. Was there a particular movie that you modeled your life after what you thought love should be? I mean, I feel like there was many because
1: also if you think I'm dramatic now, you should have seen me as a 10 year old growing up (laughs) in culture and absorbing what was around me. And one of my favorite movies to this day, and I know you love this movie too, but 10 Things I Hate About You... It's based in Seattle. It's a fantastic movie. And it's, so it basically lays the groundwork for this guy who's a bad guy. Like he does a bad thing, but then he falls in love and then he becomes a good guy and he's able to rectify the situation. And then like, they live happily ever after with a Stratner guitar. And the thing is, so when I was little, I was watching that and I was like, bad guys are good. It's okay. Cause they'll love you. And that's kind of laid the groundwork for everything that I've been through. Like, what about you?
0: I think everyone else. Definitely fell for a bad guy. That, that, I feel like that was definitely a running theme in every kind of like high school teen movie. You know, the, especially I was always like the good girl always fell for the bad guy. And she was always kind of able to turn him around. We saw that in Greece. We saw that in Greece. We saw that in, we saw that in a lot of movies.
1: Well, then it's also reinforced in Greece because then Sandy's a bad bitch at the end. And she's basically (laughs) the Haley Bieber of that time. And we're like, wow, (laughs) I want to be her in those black satin pants. Like I still want that.
0: Do you remember your first, like the first time you felt love and what it felt like?
1: I would probably say the first time that I fell in love was probably second grade, which sounds dramatic, but like I've been in many toxic relationships since before I even knew what that was. So like I had a bunch of like fifth grade, sixth grade, this drama, they lasted for one week, that whole thing. But then the first time I was actually in love, like I was a late bloomer and I didn't even have my first real kiss until I was 15. And I used to be so embarrassed about that. And it was with one of the most popular guys in school and he was a total babe (laughs) and we kissed and I thought it was magic and we were drinking Corona lights in some bush somewhere, like in a like house party, like out in the back, like not cute at all. And the next day he was like, yeah, I don't like you and don't want to talk to you anymore. I was like, okay, cool. So that was like my first, even like, I really like you. And then my first relationship came a year later and we dated for three years and he was so toxic and the king of gaslighting. And when I even learned a few years ago, what gaslighting was, I was like, That's what that entire relationship was. I fell so in love with him, but also I think I wanted to be in love with someone so bad that I met him and he liked me and we fell in love. And then I got in this like toxic spiral for three years. So my first forte in love was just not cute. What about you?
0: I fell in like, I don't know if it's just like now with like hindsight, it's always 20 and 20. When I look back on like elementary school and falling in love with boys on the playground, I remember a boy named Hank. And he was like, so cute. That was like my first like big, big crush. I remember. Oh, I loved him so much. He's gay now. (laughs) I love that (laughs) for you, Hank. Live your best life. I know that now. Right. But yeah, I don't know. But even like in high school, like I definitely like really fell for boys, call them boys, you know, I'm trying to remember the first time I got my heart broken. I feel like I did. I definitely got my heart broken in high school for sure. But also I bounced back. I was really good at bouncing back. But the first time, like, I I remember, like, my first real relationship was out of high school. It was, like, my, you know, first, like, real, what I would call, like, adult relationship. You know, I was, like, living on my own and everything like that. And like that, you know, definitely turned into like a toxic relationship. And it was one of those like love is blind. You think it's going to last forever. You ignore all the signs. You do those things where you just like lose yourself like completely in it. You're dumb. You're well, idiot. then
1: And then you just let garbage people do garbage things because you want so badly for it to be how you imagine it in your brain but it's not like the guy I dated for three years into, into college, like was a terrible person, was super manipulative. But I was like, well, this is what love is because he's the bad guy, but he's going to, he's going to be the good guy. Eventually. I know it like, no girl, he hates you and is cheating on you with Jill. Literally that's, you guys think that's a name I'm making up literally that his, one of his best friends, girlfriend's name was Jill and she was helping the whole team out if you know what I mean. So that's what was happening that entire time. And I just like,
0: look the other way. And I was like, His story makes sense. Like, I feel like his car broke down. So I didn't hear from him for three days. Yeah. You could just romanticize any situation in your head. I just, I romanticized like falling in love situations in my head. Like didn't, never actually like actually happened in my head, but I would have like a crush on a guy. And I just like in my head pictured falling in love
1: more than Katie, I'm on my, I'm actually on my fourth marriage. (laughs) Yeah. I've been in several serious relationships with people who've never met me. (laughs) You like someone
0: and you run with it. Like I listen to some songs and I feel the feeling of falling in love more than I've actually felt it. Does that
1: make sense? Um, Can we please talk about being... I mean, at least for me, like five years old and listening to some really deep, emotional, like gutted song about love and then just like completely singing it and just going through it with them. And you're like, I don't even know half the words, what these words mean, but I'm acting as though I've been through a traumatic breakup and I'm five. So I've been doing that since I was born.
0: All right, time for a little break. So I've been thinking about something. I've been thinking about how much time and energy and money I've put into like my skincare routine. I've got serums and oils and scrubs and creams and this. And I mean, it's exhausting, but I neglect the rest of the skin on my body. Like it's crazy. And it seems silly because our skin is our largest organ. Like why am I going to not pay attention to my legs and my arms? I mean, it's ridiculous. So in my quest to find product to give my skin, the love and attention it deserves. I found Osea and it is incredible. I'm obsessed with the Andaria Algae Body Oil. You have no idea. So it is this luxurious liquid oil. Literally, it looks like gold in a glass, beautiful bottle. The Andaria Algae Body Oil is hand harvested and then soaked in barrels of oil for up to six months. And then also has acai pulp and babasu seed oil. So it is just perfection. I love, love, love it. And I know you will too. So you can try Osea risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders over $50. They even send free samples with every order and you get 10% off your first order with my promo code loveme at oseamalibu.com. That's 10% off with code loveme at Osea Malibu. That's O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. Seriously. And Daria Algae Body Oil Liquid Gold. Do your skin the biggest favor ever and just take care of it. You're going to love it. Okay. Back to the episode. Hey guys, it's me, Christelle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Boomo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Boomo at applepodcast.com slash boomo or wherever you listen to podcasts. gotta go see you guys soon I remember there was a boy in my class I think I think I was in like fourth grade and I didn't even have a crush on him but like he accidentally called me or I think he left me a message on our family's voice Mm -hmm. machine Mm -hmm. and we had just gotten back from like going on a family outing to like the Chili's and we went by the Oh, Sam yeah. Goody or something. Oh, and I yeah. picked up Mariah Carey on cassette. It was whatever album had always be my baby on it. And because he gave me even, I don't even know if it was on purpose, but there was a message on there and he said, hi, this is Ryan calling for Katie. And that was the whole message. But in my head, I was like, oh my God, he loves me. And I listened to always be my baby and I felt Every emotion in me, it was so an immense inside of me. Like I, like, I don't know. This is such a standout memory to me. And to this day, that song, whenever it comes on, I think back to that day and I feel overcome
1: with love. I mean, I think all know I found the one when I found that always be my baby love. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. Like you fantasize about what love's going to be and then you get it. And it's not just love. It's the fear of losing it. The way you make yourself crazy when you're worried about things and like all the like bad side of love that also come along with this euphoric feeling of having another person just be totally infatuated with you. Like when you're imagining it in your brain and especially when you're little before you've been through the suck. You just think that, like, that's it'll just be this. It'll just
0: be always be my baby until I die. When, like, girl, no, no, it's not. Why can't love, act- falling in love, actually feel like when you're dancing a slow dance in seventh grade with a boy to Ed McCain's I'll Be? That's what I thought falling in love would be I'll like. I'll Be. I'll Be. You Wait, you're... don't say the no whole thing because, you know, can't use it. But that's what. Falling in love feels like, you know, you just in in my head, I'm just like picturing our wedding. Oh, yeah. No, and also, again, I thought
1: I would grow out of that when I grew out of a training bra eventually to no bra. Like, I thought I would evolve as a person, but I'm still that way. I'm still like, I hear a good song and someone, I get a text back and I'm like, this is it. I know it. And I'm like, no, it's not. But like, you just want it to be that way. And it's just like expectations versus reality.
0: Yeah. When I saw Romeo and Juliet, With Claire Danes and Leo, ruined me forever. That's one of
1: the greatest movies ever made. Can we take a beat and talk about that real quick? Let's take
0: a beat and talk about that movie because that movie, I know that movie existed before that movie, but like, let's face it, like that movie left an impression on every millennial girl's little hearts and mind forever. Forever. Because... That's when so many of us fell in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. I was going to say peak Leo. I wonder if that was, was that before or after Titanic? I don't know. But also Titanic
1: is right up there with you. Same thing. He wore the same outfit basically.
0: Again, so dramatic as a teenager wanting to fall in love that I saw this movie, Romeo and Juliet and was like, yes, this is how I want to fall in love where it's like nothing in the world matters. No one's opinion matters besides being with a fucking dude. And then let's die. (laughs) And if that can't happen, we die. When I'm 17.
1: Fresh out of getting a license. Let's just, let's call it.
0: But they weren't even 17. They were actually like, Younger, yeah, things. no, yeah, no, they were so,
1: yeah, they were basically like <laughs> getting their fucking learner's permit. And you're like, you know what? They don't want us to be together. Let's end it. I think this is the right play for us. And it's like,
0: girl, what? But that like tracks as as a young team because when when you're young and you are thinking about love and falling in love and what it feels like that is as big as the world is, as big as you can picture it. Like, and that
1: movie is the epitome of what that feels like and what you want it to feel like. That's what we all think the best possible version of love is. However, when it's that toxic that someone needs to die, then that's actually not what love should be or like the best version, but it's just what we all chase.
0: Here we have also Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. And it's that chance encounter on a ship. And they meet, you know, she has it all. She has got the rich fiance and, you know, a a very, you know, promising future ahead of her. And then she meets this handsome stranger and, you know, curiosity spiked and, you know, her hormones go crazy and she just, you know, something comes alive in her and she just wants to give it all up for the stranger who doesn't have a dollar to his name. And she's like, fuck it. And I'm just like, yes, girl, me too. I would do the same thing. And now I'm like, no. But like, that's what being young and feeling alive and wanting to fall in love is. Well, Leo in that movie when he's like, this
1: is crazy. And Rose Bukater says, <laughs> that's why I trust it. The thing is, that's you shouldn't trust it. You're 18. Also, okay, can we break this down? Because she was... 18 years old, like her character was like, I think eight, 17 or 18 was married to going to fucking marry Billy Zane and like had everything. So, so wealthy. And, Cal, and yeah. Cal, she's 18 years old and she's about to get married. Okay. Have you met an 18 year old these days? Of course they want to like, she wants to break out and do something nuts. But truly that story takes place over like two days on a ship. You met someone, you felt deeply in love over 36 hours, which was incredible. And we're like, Oh my God, that's the love I need. And then you're ready to have sex in a car and then throw your entire life away. But she was like, like, let's say the Titanic didn't sink. What do you think the next two years of her life would have looked like? I'm just curious.
0: Penniless, probably falling ill, maybe dying, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. begging for change. Mm -hmm. For a dime. You know, cause it's always, it's fun to fantasize.
1: It is. I, I think I was seven years old when that movie came out and I saw it in theater. Like this was, this was the thing. Everyone would be like, how many times have you seen Titanic? I think I saw it in theaters three times. That's nine hours of my life as a child that I was like, if it's not this kind of love, I don't want it. Like this is the bare minimum that I need. No wonder there's such a problem. All right. We're going to
0: pause for just a moment. Are you one of the 30 million women impacted by weakened or thinning hair? Well, if you are, know that there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. And that is with Nutrivol. And already thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrivol. And many users are raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but also restored their confidence and you cannot put a price on that. So Nutrival offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. So one of the formulas is Nutrival Women, and it is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, and environmental toxins, which has definitely really been helpful for me. My God. I couldn't even tell you the kind of shedding I have when I wash my hair from stress and overstyling. styling Ooh, I, I could use all the help I could get, let me tell you. And the other formula is women's balance. And that is formulated with additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. And you can rest easy knowing that Nutravol is physician formulated to be 100% percent drug free. They use medical grade botanicals in consistently effective doses. So you get the most reliable sources. And when you subscribe, you'll receive automatic monthly deliveries. So you never miss a dose. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support this show by going to nutrival.com and entering the promo code. LoveMe to save 20% off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutravol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and that's promo code loveme. All right back to the podcast. These were the kinds of things we were filling our heads with. As young impressionable women, wanting to fall in love.
1: Well, and that's like the movies, but then like it cut to in real life, there's all those like A-list couples that were happening at that time, like Justin and Brittany, who we could all, we just all identified with that because they were like squeaky clean and so cute. And we all loved their music. And they were basically the football quarterback and the cheerleader. And we all wanted to be her and be with someone like him. So it was like, compounded by the fact that all these movies had basically the same storyline and then in real life those couples were just out and about living their best life so in love
0: flashing forward to another movie so we got a little bit older there came The Notebook which to this day I still watch all the time and I still cry because it is that soulmate destined to be together can't live without each other going to grow old and literally die together like at the same time died he commits himself
1: into a facility because he just wants to be with the love of his life
0: now that is setting the bar (laughs) so incredibly high (laughs) kind of like the titanic situation people from different classes he was you know didn't have a lot of money she was a very like well off girl go to a good college gonna marry really well and she meets this guy and kind of throws her a curveball and her parents like, no, no, no. Then they get torn apart. But then she meets Lon. Lon is cute. Lon but is he's, very I'm cute. I'm sorry, he's
1: no Noah. But yes, he's like good looking affluent and that's what they want.
0: And they were good together, but he wasn't Noah. And then they come back together.
1: Do you think that Allie was right to go explore, to take a weekend off from her engagement to go phone Noah all weekend. Love makes you do crazy things. But the, how that gave us the wrong expectations was like, she found the perfect life with the perfect man that her parents loved. She was happy. She loved loved him. They liked to scat and do that twisty (laughs) dance and whatever. (laughs) But then she's still longing for her, basically her high school love. So us in high school watching that are like, Yeah, this garbage person I'm dating who cheats on me with Jill. We're gonna find our way back to each other because and like because my lawn is never gonna work. And it's like, what? No, you should you should just like be with the person that you're happy with in the present and stop looking back. However, there's not one person I've been with in my life that I'm like, God, I wonder what they're doing. I hope we make it back. So I can't relate. But it was setting that precedent.
0: He did make do on his promise. I think is when she saw that he the house got the house and did the house thing that she was like it's still there for him. And it brought back everything for her. I don't think she went there with the intentions to bang him. I think she just wanted to like, there was just something calling her to it. No,
1: I agree. But I also think like there was something so big that drew her there that she knew something was up. Like, I don't think she just wanted to be like, I'd like to see the shutters. I'd like to see the blue shutters and make sure... Make sure that they're the right shade, maybe a goose or two. Like, I don't necessarily think that's what it was, but it just made us like fantasize that that grand gesture is there for you. Like it's going to be there with someone.
0: One more movie I'm going to bring up that's kind of along the same lines. Okay. One of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. Serendipity. Also a little bit of like a soulmate-y kind of thing, but also kind of treads the line of like, should you? So we're talking about John Cusack, Kate Beckinsale. They meet totally with other people, but like meet serendipitously, have a major connection, but then decide like, if we're meant to be together, we're going to put these, we're going to put our names and numbers out into the universe. And then if we like randomly come across them, then we're meant to be together. Right when they're both supposed to get married, they're reconnected with their signs that they put out there. It's one of those movies where it's like, do you believe in soulmates? Do you think that's a a thing? Or do do you believe in like multiple soulmates? I do believe in soulmates, but I think we have multiple soulmates
1: for sure. Okay. I don't think it's so isolated to one single person. And I also think they can be both romantic and platonic, like different kinds of love.
0: Speaking of different kinds of love, how do you feel about like different kinds of love? Like unrequited love
1: or unconditional love? I love love and I'm an optimist. So like I want everyone to have the kind of love in their life that they love and that fills them up. Like, I truly want everyone to win when it comes to love because I think it's the most valuable currency on this planet. And I think people take it for granted a lot. So, like, I want us all to be worthy of that. I mean, if you're a dick, like, maybe you shouldn't get it. But, like, I want everyone to have I mean, that.
0: unconditional love is...
1: I feel like that's mostly between like parents and kids.
0: Yeah. I I would say. I think that's mostly between parents and kids or, you know, siblings. It's definitely more mostly exchanged between family because I think love can absolutely be conditional. You know, trust is very parallel when it comes to that. But unrequited love is a fucking, there was definitely someone that I was very, very much in love with and he was very much not available for that. It really sucks because he also kind of led me on. He was telling me that he had those feelings for me. Like there was, we had like a very close like friendship that turned into a bit something more. Yeah, he kind of drug me through the mud a little bit in that sense. How did you get yourself out of it? I had, like I tore myself out of it. He left me no choice. It was just like, so this is just it no other options. All right then. Well, I guess I just I have to just repair myself from this and forget that these feelings exist and move on from this. And this like happened right before I met Tom. So I was like a little damaged, I guess you could say. It sucked. It really sucked. Do you think though that helped create the pathway for
1: why you were so open because I know you and Tom at first it wasn't like you guys just like were ready to get married the moment you met and it was just you dated and whatever. But do you I think- was
0: so not ready. I no. was not ready for a relationship. No, you know, I didn't want to say, but I I'm was like the opposite. Yes. I, like I was like, that's why when, when Kristen was like meet my boyfriend's roommate, I was like, no, thank you, <laughs> please. I like, I can't, I can't. It was actually great. I was kind of resisting love and relationship because I was just like so battered recently, you know, because that was like my first experience with that I took a big ol' L with that one. I'll tell you that much. But it's not always a losing game, but it's a learning game for sure. It sounds corny, but one of the
1: phrases I fucking love is I never lose, I win or I learn something. And I feel like in all those, I mean I've had so many just gross, hairy relationship situations, situationships, actual relationships, the whole gamut and I am really grateful for every single one of them because they've put me into where I am right now, which is the best place I've ever been. But in the time when you're going through it, it's terrible
0: well, because there are serious pitfalls pitfalls to being in love, falling in love,
1: as Maya Angelou once said, "We are only as blind as we want to be, and I think that nothing captures what it's like to be going through the motions of falling in love than that quote it's so true like you're as blind as you want to be. And sometimes when you are, you think that you found the one and it is it, you want to believe the best in the situation when your mind inherently knows that like there's maybe some red flags there.
0: Another thing that happens, like change is fine. Changing of habits is fine, but like sometimes there's too much change that happens like when you're changing your entire identity and your entire personality. Like when your friends are like, you're like a completely different person. When your friends don't recognize you, you need to run. And you you need to listen to them. But when someone wants to bring out good things in you and positive things in you, that's that's a good thing. But when you're like constantly shape shifting when your relationship. That's like an identity crisis and that's called like codependency and like that's that's not a healthy situation. That's a fucked up thing that happens when you fall in love. That's, that's a major pitfall. And we've all been there. Maybe not in all of those things, but like we've... We've fallen into one or more of those. Katie, I can't relate. I am perfect, and I have
1: always been perfect in relationships. No, a hundred percent. So,
0: so now, your perspective now versus when you were younger, with like that fancy-free, carefree, like, want to like die if we have to if we can't be together, versus now being like fully, fully formed, an adult. How do you view falling in love? Do you feel like you can just like lose yourself or do you feel like you're like a little more careful? Like, how has it changed?
1: So for me personally, I feel like it's a combination of all those things. Okay. I, I still want to and truly believe that I have the ability to set baggage aside and just fall in love and be the best version of myself while still not letting other people's damage and hangups affect how I'm feeling in the present moment of whoever I'm with. But like, when I look back to who I was when I was a kid, like, and when I was 16, you're, you're such a baby. Like that's, I'm glad for her that she got to just like fall in head first and just have no idea and then get pummeled and just like go with it. But I think the difference between falling in love now for me, and then when I was younger was now I still have the ability. And I still believe that that is out there for everyone, really like you're best situation because I would say perfect, but nothing's perfect, but with the knowledge and the growth and the wholeness that you bring to the table, because I would say for me personally, I didn't even have that until honestly the last six months. Like I've gone through a lot of changes and like that when you're whole sincerely and you've done the work and you figured yourself out and you've been through a lot of bad relationships, you just know what's not for you. And like even every bad date I go on, I'm grateful because I'm like, okay, here's another example of what I don't want. Like letting the universe know that like, this isn't for me, this isn't for me. And you're just getting closer and closer to what is for you. But like, you can still be young at heart and fall in love and just jump into it. But you're just maybe not such an idiot, I guess is the biggest difference for me. Like, what do you think?
0: You got your head screwed on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it is having like that realistic approach. I think it's also like understanding that like life is real and that you can't lose yourself and that things, you know.
1: To your point earlier, if you're having to change every single thing about yourself.
0: Like what and I talk about right now, because it's like, obviously like, not necessarily talking about falling in love with me for someone for the first time. I think about, you know, keeping love alive. And I think it's about falling in love with yourself Mm -hmm. and keeping that love alive with your other person, you know. And... That's an important aspect is your relationship with yourself too. That's the aspect. Are you serious? Like that's at least what
1: I've come to find in my life. Like we were talking about Sex in the City earlier, big fan. I've been watching it since I was on air when I was 11. So I shouldn't have been watching it. But when I was a kid, it, did, it was a great show, but it didn't really make sense to me. And now I still rewatch it all the time. And I'm like, holy shit, it me. And the whole thing, I feel like the conclusion of that show is when she finally... Carrie, for those of you who've been living under a goddamn rock, comes to find herself in the right relationship for her, it's because she's found the right re- relationship with herself. And then, and, and that was the one that she had to do all the work on when it felt like it was with all these different partners. It wasn't, it was what was going on with her.
0: Yeah. I think when people stop trying to find like the we, and they like realize it's about the me, the we that comes with it, you know, but it's just like, when it becomes like this like unit So thing. codependent. When, when they become a unit and they're like always like together and they're, they're this thing. And I'm just like, that's like not like love. That's not a relationship. But like that is like straight up codependency. codependency. Like you lose your identity. You lose everything. You become uninteresting to each other, even to yourselves. Like what do you like to do? What do you like? What is interesting to you? Because now it's just like you, each other. Like when I, you know, I've, i talk to people and I'm just like, so like, what's going on? And, well, we, this, and I'm like, no, what, what, do what, you are, do- you, do- what are you what doing? What are you doing? Cause it's like, you know, me and Tom, like we, we do a lot together, obviously, but it's like, we have our own, like individually, we have our own interests and our own lives. And then, you know, together, like we have things to talk about.
1: I think that's a hallmark of love that is working and going right when two people can come together and do the we, but then also have individual identities and have things they can speak to. And like their friends aren't ever confused about like, nothing's worse. And when you ask a friend how they're doing and they go into this whole bubble of their person, like, no, it's when you're able to still be comfortable in your own skin enough to go do your own shit and be your own person, but then come together and be this kick-ass couple. To me, that's doing it right. Totally.
0: Totally. One last thing I wanted to ask you about because I completely missed this whole thing. I mean, I didn't miss it, but like I never partook in the dating apps. This all happened after I met Tom, but do you feel like or how do you feel like it is now? Because I feel like it's taken sort of like the mystere and like the chance encounters of meeting someone and falling in love that way, that, that now you can sort of meet someone online and, you know, do a Google or stalk their Instagram account and find out so much about them that like, do you still feel like it's sort of special or interesting to meet someone? So
1: I used to think before this year, and mind you, it's kind of a different conversation now because COVID is involved. But before that, you know, a few years ago, I I had tried dating apps, but really loosely, like was on it for a week or two would delete it every twice a year or whatever. So I never really committed to it. And of course, do I want the story where I drop an orange in Whole Foods and someone picks the orange up and hands it to me and is like, hello, I love you. Of course I do. That sounds great. And I'm also a really spontaneous person and I'm all about passion and those things. So like, yeah, I think that's lovely. So when I was doing the apps before and that was an insecurity to me, I thought like, well, if I meet my person this way, we'll need, like, I don't want to tell people we met on an app. And now I'm like, if I meet my soulmate and I met them through an app, I will literally scream Hinge's name from the bottom of my lungs, like, or whatever app it is. Like to me, it's a new time. COVID, especially as a person who was single during COVID, I kind of stuck my nose up for a, at apps for a long time. And then I've been consistently doing them and I've been having fun. And like for the, first, yeah, are there still horror stories? Yeah. But like, I have a great group of single friends that are all doing it too, that we have the group chat and like talk about it and like have a support group. But then there's all, I've also met some really great people. And even if it's not someone that you spend your life with, whatever, like it's all experiences. And I think I have probably three or four friends who have met their person, like are married from their people they've met on apps. And like, I've asked them like, you know, would you have wanted to have met a different way or like whatever? And they're like, no, we met when we were supposed to. And it is still a chance encounter. We lived in the same state at the same time. We had the same preferences. Like, yeah, it is, you're putting it out there. But like, I like to think that there's still a serendipitous aspect to the apps. And maybe I'm full of shit, but like, I really do. I just used to be really judgmental about it, but now I'm having a good time. And I feel like it just gives you another opportunity. And now obviously the world is opening back up. And I'm about to be back at bars, Mm -hmm. shaking my hair around, like getting hot, yeah, fucking pussy pop on a handstand. (laughs) Let me tell you. But also I just think, why not? I just think the more open you are, the higher the chances that you'll have that chance encounter.
0: Yeah. I'm not, no, I listen. I'm not turning my nose up at all. I just, coming from someone who just had no experience at all on that, I just am like curious if,
1: how you feel about it? Well, and also I was in a long relationship, so I... I used to say that. I
0: remember being like, oh, you guys are all on apps. That's crazy. I definitely don't think it's crazy. I'm just, I'm, I'm just wondering if talking about like, just have we been talking about watching these movies and like the, how like we vision, like falling in love and everything like that. And like, just if like, you feel like it's any different or if like, well, no, no, totally. I know. And I'm, I'm just saying, no, that was me being
1: judgmental. Like I was saying that at the time, but then now I'm like, Yeah, would I, in any of the movies that I love, would I have loved to have been at a fair one night in the walk to remember and met my person or boarded a boat that was going to sink or all the different things, all the different scenarios you could be watching, of course. But I do think, honestly, in 10 years, there's going to be some sappy movie we're all obsessed with that they met on an app.
0: I don't think being drunk and meeting a dude at a bar is any more (laughs) romantic than meeting someone on an app. I'm not saying that. I just think it's, it doesn't look how I thought it would look
1: when I was 50. (laughs) So let's say that when I was eight, did I envision an iPhone and swiping and all those things? No, but I will say that I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything as far as like a fantasy goes from who I was when I was a kid, like looking at it the way pop culture designed it to be. I just think love is so rare and special and I don't care how you find it. If you find it, you're just like the luckiest person alive.
0: Amen. Amen to that. I love, love. I love, love. Do you have any other thoughts or feelings? Um, my only
1: other thought is that people who were single during the pandemic, I feel you, I see you. And I truly feel so ridiculously optimistic in a way I haven't in a long time. In general, just like as you see the world continuing to open. So don't lose faith. Like this is going to be a great year for all of us as things continue, as we get vaccinated, as we're all getting out there, like... I feel good about it and I hope others do too. What about you?
0: Yeah, it's been a weird year. I mean, I think everyone is feeling slightly recluse and feeling a little cautiously optimistic about getting out there, putting themselves out there, but don't be shy. Take your time, go at your pace, but when you're ready, you know, get out there and accept love as it comes to you, you know? But in the meantime... Throw on a rom-com or put on a good like romantic movie and feel all the feels. Throw on some, you know, Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always be my baby. Yeah, throw on some Casey and JoJo, some Goo Goo Dolls, Edwin McCain, slow dance with yourself. Slow dance with yourself. (laughs) With your partner.
1: Or your dog, whatever you have. Your kitten. dog. I slow dance with Leo every morning in my kitchen when I'm making a matcha. It's my favorite thing.
0: Yeah. I just, I love love and I love y'all. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Dean. I love you.
1: Oh my God. I love you. And I love you guys. And it's, this is my second time on Katie's amazing podcast. Am I your first return guest? Well, Tom has been on, but you are the non-married first, like non- by law. Okay. Amazing. Well, I feel good about that. And I love that. And you're You're just
0: like, like willing.
1: (laughs) Amazing. I love that for us.
0: All right. Well, until next time, everyone be kind to yourselves and enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode.